Welcome to episode 27 of Central Intelligence Cinema. In this episode, we talk about all the latest spy movie intel, as well as our quick, spoiler-free first impressions to the first two episodes of the new show on Apple TV, Slow Horses. But without further ado, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. To the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Soto. Bond. James Bond. Ethan Hunt. Felix Leiter. Ilya Kuriaki. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? the British handbounds. Yeah, baby. Recorded from an undisclosed location somewhere on Earth, or is it? It's a Central Intelligence Cinema podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And welcome back to the CIC. Man, it's a good day. It's always a good day when I get to see your lovely face and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and your 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 silky smooth voice and uh we get to talk about silly spy shit <laughs> silly spy shit say that Hasht- three times fast. hashtag hashtag silly spy shit <laughs> silly ass silly spy ass shit. spy shit did i put that on my instagram i can't remember if it was silly ass or just silly spy shit i think it was just silly spy shit well if it doesn't have ass in it you'd better get some ass in it right now well then all right or then. <laughs> at least after we're done <laughs> I'll have to uh, include a picture of Anity Armas or something. <laughs> and then that, would, I, that would be acceptable. And then, I can, and then I can hashtag it that way. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting in trouble right at the jump. <laughs> Excellent. At Excellent. least we are, are consistent. That is right. Yes, indeed. The quick stop of... the the quick stop of spy movie podcast is here again (laughs) to do do everything wrong right from the jump (laughs) and and depending on which side of the quick stop you're in you're either dante and i'm randall or i'm silent bob and you're jay i don't know (laughs) at this point i think i'd i think i'd rather be uh jay (laughs) He's clean now, so you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're uh, back, back in effect once again. Got some intel to uh, talk about, and then we'll uh, our main discussion point today will be uh, talking about the new series from Apple Plus, uh, Slow Horses, starring Gary Oldman. So uh, we'll be talking about what we thought, and we'll try and be as spoiler free ish as possible. We'll just try and talk about generalities and how it's how it's hitting us so yeah fortunately enough we're only two episodes in on the show on apple plus so can't really spoil a whole lot yeah exactly all right well should we get into the uh the intel part let's do it looking for a news story impress me transmitting cic intel dossier we'll print anything these days Okay, a little bit of intel. Granted, it's been a little while since uh, since we last recorded. So first up on the list, probably the biggest thing that has happened since we last recorded 
was that Amazon has reported that their acquisition of MGM has completed. And apparently the European Commission approved the sale and the U.S. Federal Trade Commission didn't act before the deadline to challenge the deal. So it's so it's a done deal, I guess. So what I guess was what was the last time you ever heard of the Federal Trade Commission missing a deadline? <laughs> I know. I don't maybe they just I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there was maybe some bald billionaire that was like, hey, look over there, piles of green money. <laughs> Can't imagine who that might have been. Uh, Lex it was, was Blofeld. Um <laughs> yes. only the Telly Savalas one. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> But with that comes the news of a greenlit reality show on Amazon Prime called 007's Road to a Million, which is essentially a Bond-themed version of The Amazing Race. Um, According to Variety, the show will see contestants competing in a global adventure to win £1 million, or $1.3 million, cash prize, Filmed in many of the historic locations featured throughout the seminal Bond films, the cinematic format will be a test of intelligence and endurance. Uh, in addition to passing physical obstacles, the contestants, who will compete in two-person teams, must correctly answer questions hidden in different locations around the world in order to advance to the next challenge. And uh, yours truly tried to enter... I even had I even had my better half on board with it. I as soon as I found out about this thing, I texted her while she was at work and I'm like, "Okay, The Amazing Race, but it's Bond themed and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. I want to enter. Will you be my partner?" And she's like, "Do it." <laughs> and so I immediately got on, wrote my best prose, like <laughs> like cuz the cuz the the questionnaire to apply to be on this on this show is quite lengthy. So I spent a solid 45 minutes filling out their application, (laughs) you know, went through all just, just, you know, really dug deep and like thought about all my best essays from high school and really tried to use all my technique. And at the very end, I found out that it's for UK residents only. So high school, you learned how to write, but not how to read real well. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I still, I still never really, learn to read all of the directions only the first like three sentences and then it just sort of drops off but i mean oh. really who reads all the terms and conditions well, i'm gonna go ahead and give you a pro tip here on this one ben <laughs> when they list the number or the amount that you're going to win in pounds and then u.s dollars it's probably <laughs> going to be uk only <laughs> just going out on a limb here well here's the thing you know what you know who i blame because the Yourself? first, pl- I know I blame David Zaritsky <laughs> of the Bond experience because the first person that I saw talk about it on social media was David Zaritsky and he had entered and he's American as well, mm. which means he was probably denied as well. He seems to think that if you get a work visa, you can do it. So that is a lot of dedication. So now that being said, David Zritsky has a lot more resources than I do. <laughs> so he might just pull it off. <laughs> I guess we'll see. It'll but, make uh, for an interesting story for him one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. I'd be really curious to see if he makes it on or not. I mean, I'll just be curious to see the show in general. 
I saw a lot of different reactions to it online. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was your general reaction well, to it? You remember when we were talking, the first thing I read was like, they're going to do a game show to pick the next James Bond? Right. That's brilliant! <laughs> it would be like Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> we were talking about you'd have Henry Cavill in it, Nicholas Holt in it, and Michael Fassbender in it, and all the other people I think of, and then Haley Atwell, just for good measure. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with that. That sounds good. <laughs> I fully support that that extra. She's a she's a shoe in so. <laughs> She's always a shoe in with me. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see what it looks like once it, uh, once it makes it to, uh, once it makes oh, it yeah. to air. We'll definitely have to watch it and probably review it mercilessly. Oh, absolutely. It sounds like they're going to start shooting in late summer and it could take almost a year to finish filming the whole thing. Based but with on all the locations. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm guessing 2023 summer, but, uh, should be interesting. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Oh, one other little bond thing I would like to, uh, wish, uh, Daniel Craig, a swift recovery. He, uh, he actually caught COVID recently and it has caused a bunch of cancellations to his, uh, to the Macbeth show that he's doing overseas. So, so that's a bummer, but, uh, you know, He's also rich, and he probably has many resources and many people taking care of him. So. Yeah, I imagine he's probably doing all right. Probably he's, more more PO that he can't get on stage and do what he wants to be doing. Yeah, totally. And he's a he's a strapping fit lad. So yeah, well, strapping maybe, strapping young man. He'll go far, I think. I think. <laughs> but uh, in other news, uh, since our last podcast, we got a seven exactly seven second tr- teaser. <laughs> For Argyle, the new uh, spy movie from uh, the uh, Kingsman director. um, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, thank you. And uh, that was interesting. Um, The, what does he say? The one line in it, he says, the better the spy, the bigger the lie. (laughs) So. (laughs) He's not lying about the hair. Oh my God. It's great. Oh boy. Yeah, that hair. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing was the hair like holy 90s like early 90s movie batman <laughs> like he if all he had to do was dye it red and he'd be he'd be he'd, have been, he'd have been riddler from or the jim carrey's riddler yeah exactly batman forever yeah that's uh that's some interesting hair um we also got our first look at uh dua lipa at, or dua lipa as uh, Lagrange, I don't even I don't know how they how the kids say her name. I don't know. <laughs> according, according to the way it's been explained to me, it's Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. So, Dua Lipa. So she looks lovely. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got to say about her. Um, the, <laughs> well, the, yeah. the other thing, well, the thing about the hair, the hair. Let's go back to the hair for a second. The thing about the hair is, is it tells me that this movie is not going to be much different from the Kingsman movies, which I'm kind of, maybe I'm taking, maybe I'm taking too much away from seven seconds of video, but I got this vibe. That's very not, it it didn't feel serious to me. It felt like a Kingsman level that we could see some serious silliness going on a la Kingsman style. 
I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. Well, you know, isn't it supposed? Is it supposed to be a period piece? Didn't you say it was supposed to be sixties? I believe, I believe so. So, so it could hair, be that the hairstyle's a little bit more gender main to the sixties than mm-hmm. it would be to now. Yeah. Um, well, you can't really judge anything off of seven seconds. Yeah. And honestly, if it's if it is, it's like every other movie Matthew Vaughn's ever made. I mean, it's not like he's going out of his wheelhouse if it does yeah. turn out that way. I will say too, um, and maybe it's just me. I feel like movies that if their initial release goes to a streamer, I feel like they look just a little different. Like they have just a slightly different look to them. And that's not, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say that because not all movies feel that way. Not all streamer released movies feel that way. But well, not all of them start off as produced in, for streaming. That's true. And then some of them just sort of end end up there. Right. Because so. <laughs> Netflix or Amazon rolls out the most money when they're going to the bidding war. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. That's about all I can say about seven seconds of video. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll get more soon. I just want to see Henry Cavill as a spy again. Heck so, yeah. So Especially with them, them CO2 <laughs> lasers. Damn straight. Also, uh, the next thing here is uh, we finally have a, well, hopefully, firm release date for Operation Mincemeat, the uh, the new telling of Ian Fleming's most, probably most infamous involvement in WW2, in World War II. I don't know why I said that, because I was reading copy. That's <laughs> shame on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his most infamous involvement in World War II, starring Colin Firth, which I had I had been really, when I first saw the trailer, I was super stoked for it. And then it just sort of disappeared, and I didn't hear about it for a while. And I would go on Netflix, and you can actually find it on Netflix right now, but there's no play button, there's no anything. It's just like a blank screen with the with the title on it. So, <laughs> so I was like, what? I, I don't know. <laughs> but... They just started um, tweeting all sorts of stuff, like the the publicity machine finally hit social media, and we now have a release date of April 15th in theaters in the UK. Um, I did not see a theatrical release date for the US. All I've seen in the US is May 11th on Netflix. So, yeah, I could, I could see them not bothering to release it out here in the States. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, they'll get all the people they want on Netflix. Right, right. You know, but, I mean, you might get some good theatrical uh, pull off of that in the UK. Yeah, I, f- I feel like, unfortunately, well, U- U.S. audiences are a little not quite sophisticated enough or or maybe just not thinking about it. That Maybe it's just not. Well, nobody knows who, who Ian Fleming is. <laughs> and if you even if you take Ian Fleming away, it's a movie about the the British in the World War II, exactly. Or as the kids say, WW two. Um, <laughs> and never, you could barely I'm, get. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> you are not. Uh, you could barely get Americans to watch American war movies from WW two anymore. Um, so why would they want to watch one about English people? Indeed, indeed. So, so yeah, but regardless, we finally have a release date for that and hopefully we get to see it. I rewatched the trailer and what looked cool about it was that you could tell there's a, you're going to get a lot of scenes of them bickering about how to do it, like how to plant the body, 
what the body's backstory is, you know, who who the identity is that they're assigning to the dead body. <laughs> like how how many martinis they have to drink before they can make the decision. Right. I mean, it's like I feel like there's going to be a lot of silly minutiae that they're going to bicker over. And you get uh I forget who the guy is that's playing Fleming in the movie, but he's very Fleming. <laughs> like he's very just sort of Yes, I'm very cool and sophisticated and kind of snobby, and <laughs> and I'm over here on my typewriter writing this fancy thing, and I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what it is. <laughs> so it's not Colin Firth, huh? No, no, Colin Firth is just a uh, some sort of naval officer or something like that. So okay. Finally, here I think this is our last sticking point. Of course, is Mission Impossible stuff because there's been more Mission Impossible stuff, and the big thing. Well, I don't even know if it's a big thing. It, it made a lot of waves on social media. Is There was this article from The Hollywood Reporter that came out on March 24th. And it felt like this article, they, they really pushed it out there. And they really tried to make it seem like it was this bombshell of a report. But like a lot of this information has been out there already. But it basically talks about all the financial and COVID woes of the production of MI7 and 8. And it brought to light uh, a couple couple different things. Um, one, a year ago, Tom Cruise had lawyered up after finding out that Paramount tried to slip past him <laughs> that they were going to shorten the theatrical run to 45 days instead of the normal 90. And uh, yeah, Tommy Boy didn't like that too much since he is one of the few Hollywood players that still has what's called a first dollar gross which basically means that he gets a percentage of the gross box office revenue from the day it's released, starting from the day it's released. And he he basically, the more that that sells at the box office, the more money he makes. And he makes so much money that way that he often makes more money than the studio does. So So he was livid and he lawyered up and it is still being contested. They haven't even come to an agreement yet. They just gave him more money to keep making the movie and they're going to try and discuss it later. So that's interesting. Uh, Tom's going to win. Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the other things that's in, uh, I, I think it's this article or maybe it was the article uh, previously that came out about Mission Impossible about how studio has one one side of an argument. Tom has the other side of an argument. And eventually they agree to disagree. And eventually Tom always wins because <laughs> Tom's going to do what Tom's going to do. <laughs> That's right. Especially after uh, Top Gun uh, Maverick comes out this summer. Oh, and, and it's, it's going to blows everything else out of the water. He's going to be like, uh-huh. and yeah. And, and, and you want me to uh, shorten the theatrical run by how many days? Yeah, I didn't think so. So uh, other things that they brought up in this article, again, I, I, I do feel like Hollywood Reporter was just trying to over-dramatize everything that's going on with Mission Impossible. But they brought up how both Cruz and Christopher McQuarrie caught COVID. Um, Christopher McQuarrie was actually hospitalized for it. He got it so bad. And it talks about almost on a granular level, like every single shutdown that the, that MI7 has had during its production, but everybody knew that that's the, the thing about it. I find it strange that they're, that they're going over all this stuff and trying to make it seem so bad where there are very few other movies that actually even tried to continue production. 
during the worst part of COVID. Like there was barely any movies being made whatsoever during that year. Yeah. And they, they charged forward. I mean, <laughs> well, you know what? The Hollywood reporter doesn't have anything to report, or at least it didn't prior to the Oscars. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of, they're just trying to sell, they don't have copies anymore because they're on the internet. Right. Clicks. They're, they're, selling, they're, they're, trying, they're selling clicks. That's it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I think every fourth article I read that comes out of Variety or, or Hollywood Reporter is just a recap of stuff that's already been reported. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it feels like now they're like, well, we don't have uh, no time to die to pick on anymore. Exactly. Oh, so totally. Let's pick, totally. Let's pick the next black hole that uh, we can get a lot of conjectural crap out of right. for the next year. Exactly. Why they delay it again? Will it get made? Is Tom Cruise's career over? They they clearly don't realize that that Tom Cruise has a back to tank. Not to mention the fact that he's basically just bring out another version of him every year. You can't pretty, stop the cruise. <laughs> no, you can't. They just download his consciousness into a new body and he's ready to go. <laughs> That's right. Um, but perhaps most interesting in the article, we haven't even gotten to the interesting part of the article, and that is that they got more money to add a submarine. So apparently there was going to be a submarine in MI8, but now they're also going to have it in MI7. So that means between seven and eight, we get a motorcycle jump, a train going off a cliff, uh, Tom Cruise sitting on the wing of a biplane, an eye-patched Ilsa allegedly we don't know for sure but there was a photo of her with an eye patch on instagram during shooting i don't know we'll see ilsa fury motherfucker god damn straight um and a submarine which means who knows maybe we'll see luther doing some more scuba work which would be exciting <laughs> he does have the meats he does have the meats and he has waterproof uh containers to bring his meats with him underwater <laughs> absolutely and, and and like any good spy when he takes the wetsuit off the meat is not wrinkled that's right <laughs> that's, take that, that as you will kids <laughs> that's right um and then finally one little thing this is just silly but I just happened to be watching, uh, I follow, one of my favorite follows on Instagram is Simon Pegg, because he, he drops a lot of videos that are him walking his dog. I guess he owns a bunch of rural land. It's kind of crazy to me that there's actually rural areas of England still. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a small country. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not a lot of space in England to, you know, have huge plots of land, but apparently he has fairly sizable plot of land where he walks his dogs and I love watching him walk his dogs and talk to his camera because he's an interesting fellow. <laughs> he is an interesting fellow. So he was having something that he does called a live at five on Instagram uh, where he goes live and he answers people's questions and tons of people were asking him questions about mission impossible seven and when's the trailer. And he said that it's coming soon and that it's batshit crazy. So that sounds promising to me. <laughs> I'm hopeful Indeed. that we get, God, I hope we get some, I mean, I know that movie's still a year away, but I would love, even if it's just like a, like a 10 to 15 second teaser trailer. The problem is, is that with Mission Impossible movies, they're always writing and rewriting things up to the last frame of film that they shoot. Right. And even then they're constantly recutting and recutting. So it's like, do you even want to release a trailer all that early? Because it you may not even see that footage in the final movie. 
granted that happens all the time but yeah with mission it's <laughs> it's a high probability that you may not ever see that thing again i mean they had a whole thing for like a snowmobile action set piece i think it was for ghost protocol that they had already done costuming and there were storyboards and all this stuff. And then it never made it. it they just never shot it. Like it was written in and then. Eh, anyway. Nah. Nah. Snowmobiles. It's so James Bond. Nah. <laughs> That's about all I got as far as Intel, unless you, well, okay. I'm, I'm just going to bring it up because it was literally last night. So the Grammys were on last night. Anybody and- get slapped? Nobody got slapped, but BTS, but <laughs> but BTS, the K-pop boy band, performed their their big hit song, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but all the tabloids were like, "Oh, they they channeled their inner James Bond for the performance and all this." So I I looked it up and I watched it online. I watched the performance, and it's they try and do the secret agenty thing, but it's let me just say. This is what the media always does. They're always so, that's the one that they go to because James Bond's the biggest spy movie (laughs) franchise in history. But let me tell you, it was 90% Entrapment and 10% Mission Impossible. That's what that, that's what their performance was. If, if you're, if you're, if they were channeling anything, they were channeling Mission Impossible and the movie Entrapment. <laughs> so, because there are a lot of lasers. There are a lot so, of lasers and jumping over lasers. Which one had Catherine Zeta-Jones's ass? Unfortunately, that part of it was missing, which made me very sad. So then it wasn't Entrapment. Okay, it wasn't Entrapment then. Maybe it was... Uh, oh, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to think... No, no, you're, you're right about the laser part. I'm just saying, if it doesn't have Catherine Zeta-Jones's ass, it yes. wasn't Entrapment. Either that or the laser sequence in uh, True Lies. And True Lies? Wasn't there a laser scene in that one? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, doesn't matter. You might matter. be. It doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter. Tried, I tried to land a joke. <clears throat> it didn't land. Let's move on. <laughs> so I guess we should uh, just get into uh, slow horses here. Yeah. Slow horses. <laughs> slow horses. <laughs> slow so jason's big (laughs) takeaway is that maybe they're moving a little too slowly for him (laughs) maybe this could have been a movie instead of a tv show (laughs) i i actually really like it so far you know, there the opening scene I thought was had plenty of action in it and plenty of like intrigue and and I think that was a good setup and it and it was enough to I think if they would have started with all the slow stuff that you're <laughs> that you're referring to, I think I would have been in the same boat. But the fact that they started with something that had as much energy to it, it was very born. It felt very Jason Bourne to me. Yeah, the beginning absolutely did. Um just just the way that they had that whole scene choreographed and the cutting back and forth. I don't want to give too much away, but between MI5 and the agent that's out in the field and da-da-da-da-da, um, it felt very Jason Bourne to me. And then, obviously, we move into the actual world that we're going to be in for the next, <laughs> what is it, six episodes. Yeah. And, and let's just say, if, if that opening scene was Jason Bourne, the immediate scene after was... 
Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Don't spoil it. I won't. I won't. <laughs> All I know is that Gary Oldman is tremendous in it. <laughs> As always. As always. He may not be tremendous in the way that you might anticipate, but he is tremendous. <laughs> he, he is disgusting, but fun. And he insults people in a way that is uh, lethal. <laughs> like his insul- his good. insults are so cutting and cut to the bone because essentially, I mean, this is what we can talk about. We can talk about the fact that the show is essentially a place where screw up spies get stuck and they never get out of. Once they make some huge colossal fuck up, they wind up at, at slow house sort of doomed to be there for the rest of their career doing random things that basically don't add up to much of anything. They're pretty meaningless. Busy work, uh, busy sorting work, through files. Errands. But we, the one thing that we do have in this is we've got River Cartwright, the main character sort of, aside from Gary Oldman, who plays the, the new person to Slow House, <laughs> who is who still has fire in his veins and he still wants to get back out there and do things. And his his one saving grace that may get him back into the field, perhaps, is the fact that his grandfather, played by Jonathan Price, is apparently a very famous high up within MI5. And so there's a very good chance that he may eventually move you know, back to MI5. At least he hopes. At least he hopes. Now, I will say too, and... I don't know if this is too spoilery material. I'll cut it out if Jason thinks it's too spoilery. But I was on IMDb and I was looking at credits and I noticed that in the notes, uh, certain actors were slated for 12 episodes, meaning that some, uh, and I don't know if the deal for these actors is they have agreed to do two seasons provided that there is a second season or if that a second season has already been greenlit, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing I did notice is that uh, Jack Loudon, who plays River Cartwright, he's only signed up for six. So there's part of me that's wondering if if this does go on to a second season, are they going to have a whole different set of people in Slow House next season? where Gary Oldman stays because Gary Oldman was set to play a second season is, is that the whole thing for this, for this show where is that every season it would be a new set of recruits. And there's one guy who finds his way out by helping to solve some big espionage case. Well, it is the, there's two seasons on IMDb. So that usually means that they're confirmed for a second season. Right. And there's more than one book, according to the trivia. So there's probably more to mine there. Yeah, well, there's yeah, certainly is. So I'm kind of wondering if that's what it is. If we're going to get this rotating roster of uh, screw up spies who are then you know continue to be led by Gary Oldman's character Jackson Lamb. So we've got Jackson Lamb as a recurring character, and then we've probably got Kristen Scott Thomas as a recurring character as the M character of of the show. And then and then you just switch out some of the other ones. There was one other guy who I can't say too much about, 
because it would spoil stuff already. <laughs> but he was set. He's he's really not one of the mains. Maybe he becomes more of a main character later on in the in this season. But he, I noticed he was signed up for two seasons as well. So we'll see. That that's all predicated on the fact that everybody doesn't fall asleep and lose interest by episode four. I you know based on the ending of <laughs> <laughs> so me and Jason watched the first two, which is all there is out so far. Yeah, and I I thought that I mean you had you had something big in episode one to get you jump started, and then you have something pretty momentous at the end of episode two to try and stoke your your interest again hopefully i mean for me i i just thought that the acting and the photography and i thought the editing was good i thought that it was constructed well and everyone who all the players all the actors did had really good performances so i didn't i wasn't I liked everything about the show. I mean, I understand the pacing could be faster. It just feels like the second Hobbit movie. <laughs> you could have probably done this in three episodes or a movie. Yeah. And gotten through. And I, you shouldn't feel like episode two that they're trying to stretch things out for four more episodes. You know, I do that. I have to admit, this is the way I felt towards the later seasons in Game of Thrones mm -hmm. when we later found out that the guys who were writing and producing those episodes had sort of couldn't figure out what, they, what the hell they were going to do. And so it's sort of, mm -hmm. <laughs> we may be dealing with the same thing. It's hard to say. It could have been one of those things where, you know, it was green light for six episodes and then they were like, oh shit, how do we stretch this to six episodes? Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, I, I've got to watch it all the way through and, you know, it, maybe it'll pick up towards the end. I mean, hopefully I'm it'll just, pay off. Hopefully it'll pay off. I mean, it could be one of those things where they're just trying to give you as much, immerse you as much into this world and what it's about before they really hit you with everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's entirely possible. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just <laughs> like, I like a little more action in my spy thrillers, I suppose. I could see that, which is funny too, that you're saying this and not me, because I feel like I'm sort of the action spy guy, but yeah, I know. And I usually the guy who likes character development, but <laughs> I mean, I feel like I know all your guys' stories. Yeah. There's no mystery here. <laughs> I mean, the sort of reveal you get at the end of episode two out of one of the characters, I figured out as soon as I saw that character in episode one. So uh, maybe it's a lack of mystery. Maybe mm. it's there's a lot of obvious stuff there. And maybe that's the point. Maybe we're going to get to episode four and five. and They're going to just and blow gonna... me away with stuff that I don't expect. Right. And dump it on its head or something. So that's why I want to give it till the end before I poo poo the season two or anything like that. I right. just it, it isn't leave it this way. If I wasn't doing a podcast about. <laughs> spy stuff on tv and movies i probably would have dumped out after number two and not gone back fair enough fair which enough. isn't to say that i would have dumped number two and not come back i would have dumped out <laughs> an episode number two and not come back ouch <laughs> <laughs> i just you know uh, just between gary oldman and also i thought jonathan price was really good as he the, absolutely as was grandfather he was really interesting He's he's still he's still just such a great actor. Like yeah, like I told you, this is like you know George Smalley 
and Jack from Jumpin' Jack Flash. This is their <laughs> retirement days. <laughs> and it, you're never going to guess how they ended up. <laughs> Number two will shock you. <laughs> oh, um, and then I will mention, too, that I really like the song that uh that mr uh, mcjagger contributed to the I show i don't know felt like it was it felt like it was written by a 70 year old and played by a band that's just been playing one thing their entire <laughs> life and who is this mcjagger guy anyway right <laughs> it's like 105 but his name's mick i mean come on it had a very iggy pop feel to it though it did which i did like <laughs> i tried not to listen to too much nuance to his voice or any of his like verbal acrobatics to see if he's slipping. Like I was trying to just, <laughs> thankfully you don't have to see him trying to do the chicken dance at <laughs> 79 or whatever he is at this point. 108. 108. So <laughs> still the youngster of the group compared to uh, Keith Richards at 417. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I got to think it's going to speed up towards four through six. So, yeah, a whole lot of other good spy stuff going. So, it's definitely worth giving it a watch. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about all I can say about it without really giving away stuff that, that I've seen so far. Agreed. Once it's done, we'll give you a full review with all the spoilers you might want or not want. <laughs> but we'll let you know we're going to spoil it. So, <laughs> or will we? Or will we? <laughs> but uh, if you do want to, uh, if you've seen the first two episodes of Slow Horses and you want to let us know what you thought of it, if you're in the uh, Camp Jason of uh, It's Too Slow or the Camp Ben house of I like this and I'm waiting to see how it, how it shapes out. Uh, so I'm in the slow house and you're in the house house. I'm in the house of optimism at the moment. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but yes, please interact with us, whether it's over social media or email, we have all the channels. So, uh, you can email us at cicdeaddrop at gmail.com over Instagram at central intelligence cinema separated by underscores or on Twitter at CIC spy pod. So, uh, please come interact with us. We've got lots of stuff on the way. We've got a brand new, I know this is not very exciting, but I just had a fun little uh, photo shoot. We're, we're going to have a new fun, shiny new banner for the for the Woo! podcast on all social medias that, that have banners. So <laughs> All those bannerly ones? All those bannerly ones. So uh, yeah, we've got a lot in store coming going forward. We've got a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And uh, you know, as always, uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, why don't you let us know and let the world know while you're at it. Uh, you can go to any one of your popular uh, podcast platforms out there, which are one you particularly like the most. Leave us a five-star review. And not just a five-star review, but a glowing five-star review. Glowing. Yes, we do not have... Effervescent. Little, we have no dwarf stars here. We no. want only Class G yellow stars glowing brightly in the sky. <laughs> Five of them. And maybe give a great review telling us that we're telling people, you know, we're witty, we're charming, we're so knowledgeable. Uh, listening to us is not unlike listening to Shakespeare, only you can understand it. Um, <laughs> whatever you need to do. That's a right. good review because you know what? Those good reviews get more people listening to what we're doing. And hopefully we can start a whole thing with that and it'll be wonderful. Indeed. So indeed. And you know what, Jason? I'm going to throw a little thing in here that you don't even know about. What? That's right. So 
I am not above bribing our tens of listeners. Oh, dear. And I'm going to throw this out to the listeners. So yours truly has recently ordered some uh, stickers for the uh, the old good ship CIC. Woo! Some, some very shiny hologrammy stickers. What? Yes, yes. Very metallic and fun and excellent. And uh, if you go on one, whatever your favorite platform is for listening to podcasts, and I'm stretching this out. This is not US only. I am not like 007's Road to a Million. I am... This is for anyone. I will send this international. I shit you not. If you give us a glowing five-star review and write it and write us a glowing five-star review, and then you screenshot it and email it to us, I will send you a sticker or multiple stickers if I'm feeling fancy that day. Well, heck, can't get a better deal than that. Indeed, Supporting your fourth favorite podcast on the internet. Damn Skippy. And you're getting some swag. And you're getting swag. Come on, people. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't, man. Do it. (laughs) Do it now. Do it now. (laughs) So, yeah, figured I'd throw that out there. Totally forgot I was going to do that until until just now. (laughs) But, uh, again, lots more in store. Got reviews coming down the line. And with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem. Indeed, indeed, more mayhem. <laughs> <laughs>